There's a turkey farm near me. I've been watching them since spring. First as little turkeyettes and getting bigger. The other day I drove by. The field was empty. Not a turkey in sight. It took a minute to realize what happened. It's me, Cindy. I think one of them got a hold of wire clippers and they've escaped to a life free from the fear of platters. Good timing, as here we are already right around the corner from Thanksgiving, which you can tell by the stacks of canned pumpkins and bags of stuffing mix on display in every grocery store in the country, not to mention the abandoned turkey farm. Which means we're also inching closer to the big kahuna of holidays, and not even wire clippers are going to save you. All the shopping and wrapping, sometimes spending more money than you want, checking and rechecking the list of family and friends and sometimes co-workers you'll be shopping for. It can be fun, or it can be a little overwhelming. Not to be scroogey, but I feel like I'm kind of done with the parade of presents, giving or getting. What I need in my life, and I know I'm not alone here, is less, not more, stuff. And right as I'm starting to roll my eyes trying to come up with some clever new ideas and thinking about who to get what for, or wait, what to get for whom, English, it's such a tricky language, isn't it? I get a catalog in the mail. A catalog! I know this could sound crazy, but doesn't that strike you as kind of quaint? And now that the flood of political postcards has stopped, I was happy to find something entirely different filling my mailbox. Plus, fun! It's the Signals catalog. They've been sending it to me for years. And years. And it's page after page of funny or nutty or unusual stuff like this one, which is stupid, (laughs) but funny. It's a doormat that reads, Ring the doorbell and let me sing you the song of my people. Signed, The Dog. And I'm laughing, ha, it's so funny. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Shouldn't it say, let me sing you the song of my species? But I'm not going to split hairs. How about a sweatshirt that says, surely everybody was not kung fu fighting. You'll only get that if you know the song. If you don't know the song, you're not missing anything. Signals is very thematic. So along with the Bob Ross self-painting mug. Remember the guy who taught painting on TV? It pictures him holding a brush, and as the mug heats up, a painting appears behind him. (laughs) Funny. There are Bob Ross socks and a Bob Ross toaster that burns his face into every slice, which is kind of crossing into too weird, and a Bob Ross waffle maker, which is equally weird. How much do you have to love this guy to want to eat his face? They have a couple of pages of library and book things, you know, plaques, t-shirts, necklaces, a charm bracelet with little copies of the classics. Not that you can actually read. They're just charms and a kit to build your own dollhouse size bookstore, complete with tiny little cabinets and a itty-bitty ladder to reach the high shelves. It could be yours if you have 40 bucks to spend and 20 bonus hours that they say it's going to take to put it together. <laughs> There's a great gift idea. There's a three-volume set of every single Far Side cartoon that Gary Larson drew from 1980 until he quit the business in 1994. But it's $100. I like my idea better, frequenting used book sales and spending a couple of dollars at a time. Yeah, that's good. Who doesn't love a musical card that plays Happy Birthday when you open it? Well, other than me. But assuming you know someone who does, this one is very trickstery. It doesn't stop playing, no matter what. And then it plays louder for up to three hours. The idea is eventually the birthday person will, in a fit of frustration or rage, tear the card up, which will release a cascade of glitter. Is that not hilarious? (laughs) 
That is not hilarious. You better hope they feel that way, though. As a warning, the description says it's recommended for people with a sense of humor. Oh, and there's a Christmas card version, too. For the record, none of these are going to make great gifts for anybody I know, but they do make me wonder who's making the pics for this catalog and who thinks a noisy card filled with hidden glitter is going to make somebody anything but annoyed. (sighs) Would I have ever split a gut laughing over that card? Am I getting too crabby? It's funny how things and people change. This week, I read about a study on how we can be very different people as we evolve through our lives. And I was like, did somebody pay for that study? Because you could have asked me and saved the money. It's not that I am in my core different than who I've always been, but I'm not exactly the same as far as, you know, the trappings go. Like how I used to love getting presents. It's not as important to me now. Like that. I'm more opinionated, less patient. More cynical, less gullible, more assertive, way more assertive, which I see as a positive improvement. Anyway, I hadn't really thought about that, had my personality changed thing before, but ever since I read about the study, I've been like, oh, yeah, going about my day realizing in what ways I'm different now than I was. It's interesting to look at who you are now and compare it to who you were at, say, 14 or 18 unless you're 14 or 18 now, in which you're like, I don't get it. Anyway, I'm not one to ever for a minute wish that I could go back to another year or another age or another stage or another time in my life. But I have to say that my life would have been very different if I knew then or if I was then what I know or who I am now. You know what I mean? There's a book series of letters that you can write, like a do-it-yourself book, a series of books, One of them is Letters to My Grown-Up Self, which I guess you write presumably as a kid and hope that you remember where you put it so you can read it a couple of decades later. But what about a book of letters to your kid self? You know, pointing out all the mistakes, but how everything hopefully turned out okay, but most likely different from how you imagined. Or did it? I know my life is very different from how I imagined it back when I was prepping for adulthood by playing with baby dolls and having random crushes on boys who may or may not someday grow up to be prospective husbands. Somehow as a kid, I thought I'd go from daughter to mom and that would be that. Instead, I added a boatload of other jobs and experiences, none of which I ever saw coming as a kid. So I'd be like, dear me, brace yourself and spend a little less time thinking about what you're going to name your kids. Granted, there is the pressure to pick a good name, given that your child will have to use it their entire life, but you will be facing a lot of other decisions that will be at least as significant in the long run. I only found out about this book series because Oprah put out her favorite things list for 2018, and the newest of the series is on it. It's called Letters for a Year of Gratitude, and it's a book of 52 letters you can tear out, sign, and send out. So maybe the post office is also happy about this list, too. But I'm thinking, really, can't we, shouldn't we be able to write our own letters? Maybe it's the benefit of being pressured into writing and mailing letters on a weekly basis. Of course, I don't respond well to pressure. Actual letters in envelopes, stamped and delivered to your door, can be both old school and charming. Because who gets anything more than bills and requests for donations these days, once the political mailers are done? Also, there's something about a real letter that makes you want to hold on to it, stick it in a drawer. Months later, when you come across it again, or years later, it's almost as nice a surprise as when it was first delivered. Even more if it wasn't just banged out on a computer and printed out. There's something very precious about seeing actual handwriting of someone you love. 
I have dozens of letters from my best friend Jill spanning decades of our friendship, her words covering the pages and then traveling up the margins, <laughs> making every little space count. And I have a few note cards from my grandmother in her nearly indecipherable writing. They are all little treasures to me. Email is just never going to be like that. So Oprah is totally behind this instant letter series. In years past, her favorites list has included others from the collection as well. The collection includes letters to my future self, letters to my love, letters to my baby, which I'm assuming is a very popular shower gift, letters to my grandchild, letters to my son, letters to my daughters. The description as a personalized gift she'll treasure for years to come made me laugh. I'm thinking of my own daughters, rolling their eyes and tossing it somewhere in their homes, never to give it a second thought beyond, why did she give me this? Hasn't she already nearly drowned me in advice? I wouldn't blame them. Jill has a theory, a brilliant and reasonable theory, that you only have till your kids are about 12 or 13 to give them advice. And after that, they've reached their full capacity and will take no more. Ever. Not that we stop offering it, but it'll save you some time and energy if you remember they're just not going to hear you. So I'm going to save some time and money, and I'm not going to buy a book to write letters to my daughters or letters for a year of gratitude. Maybe I'll just commit to writing my own letters to the people who mean a lot to me. I'm going to dictate this first one. If I had your home address, I'd send it, but I'm just going to have to work with what I got. So here is your audio letter. First, imagine my handwriting is just beautiful. The note paper is your favorite shade, and maybe there's a little drawing up in the corner. Maybe a painting, a little cottage, a moon, stars, a flower, something. Ready? Okay. Dear you, thanks so much. I appreciate your willingness to listen to me yammer on. I'd invite you over for dinner, but my house is too tiny. Plus, I'd have to clean. So instead, I'll share one of the world's easiest recipes and one of my favorites for a dinner that is so delicious you can serve it to company, assuming your house is big enough to invite them over. Remember all those cans of cream and mushroom soup I found in my pantry? Well, here's what I'm going to do with at least one of them. The recipe is called beef and wine. Feel free to make up a new fancier name if you like. Here are the directions. Preheat your oven to 350. Mix one can of the aforementioned cream of mushroom soup with a half a cup of dry red or white wine. Mix in one and a half to two pounds of stew beef. Put it all in a casserole dish. Put the top on. Put it in the oven, bake it for two hours, serve it over rice. You will not believe that anything this easy could be this good. And if you want to write me a thank you note or a comment or a question, send it to smee, Cindy, S-M-E-E, Cindy, at gmail.com. On second thought, you don't have to thank me. Love, Cindy.